Do you almost go out of your way to speak inappropriately around her to get a reaction? No, I just refuse to change. All right, welcome again to another episode of EM Over Easy. Uh, we have just the three amigos here again, and we uh, want to talk about something for our medical student auditioners today. So if you're not a medical student, move on to the next episode. Or if you're a resident and want to learn what we're thinking about medical students and what you maybe want to think. Or an attending who wants to think about how residents think about medical students who are trying to think about what we're thinking about. Or a nurse who wants to think about attendings, think about what residents think about medical students should think about. You can listen oh. to the episode. <laughs> so medical students. Yes. It's that time of year. It is that time of year. They the are in large and in charge right now. Uh, well, not large or in charge, but that's another story. Uh, and they are trying to put on their best best foot forward, impress us in the ED, uh, all sorts of programs out there, obviously every specialty, to try to get their, their spot at the program they want. And um, we have been through the process. We've got to watch the process. We've gone through the ranking of medical students to get them into our program or not get them into our program. And we think we have just a couple bits of advice on, uh, we've talked about how to manage medical students, but now how medical students should manage us. Andy, you have this outlined, so I'm going to let you go from there. So I think it's one of those things that, you know, fourth-year medical students um, really struggle, I think, the first time they get off away from their base hospital or outside of their comfort zone. And unfortunately, that's also the same time that in the osteopathic world you do your audition rotations, and even in the allopathic world you do your sub-eyes. Um, and it's one of those things that, you know, you really want to make sure that the month you're in the emergency department, if you want to do emergency medicine, is really a good month. Um, and that really starts from day one. And Drew and Tanner can tell you because now they're doing orientation with medical students. Mm. So it's... Yeah, exactly. Sometimes oh, sorry, it's not I so great. Sorry, I just my mouth and swallowed it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, what is that? Cavomiting? No, it's a cough vomit. No, not worth thinking about. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I, yeah, just real quick before you go on, I, I think part of the reason that being an auditioning medical student and, and going on your sub-eyes and things, when you're away from home, part of the whole problem is that you're away from home. Yeah. All of a sudden, not, not only are you in a strange new place, strange new people, and there's a lot of stress on you to perform, but you're in a place that you've never been for. I remember going out to Rhode Island on my first one, and I'm all the way across the country. I've never yeah. been on this in this part of the country yeah. before. This time zone, it's scary. Like yeah. There's a lot of cars. There's no forests around. Like I, I didn't know what I was doing. It was yeah. it was strange. There and wasn't it, a mountain that you could look at and get a direction. A weekend, yeah. if you'd asked me if I'd ever want to live there, I'd have told you no way ever yeah. would I live out there. And then by the end of my rotation, I'm like, this place is awesome. You know, there's so many cool things. It's so different. It's fun. So part of it is, is just getting used to the... The difference. The difference of yeah. your location itself. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I interrupted. That. No, no, that's a great point because it is one of those things where you're... It, I think that's part of the, the screening process is that in emergency medicine, you have to find out where you can be comfortable. But I think from day one, one of the biggest issues is making a good first impression is showing up ready to do some work. So um, actually having read something. So when you come and rotate at our shop, I don't know how many days before, but you get a syllabus of what's going to be happening. You get a copy of... of uh, of you know the packet for the month you know how the scheduling is going to go you know that you're going to make your schedule that day and just coming with questions that have you know because you're always like hey do you have any questions and students are like oh yeah and then it's very self-evident if they've read the packet or not yes. and to me that's like my first pet peeve maybe it was just because of chief because i was like i have to do this twice a month for, for 12 months but eventually i would hope that somebody would actually read the packet and not have questions that are directly in the packet so i don't have to say well if you actually look at the packet that i gave you you can find the answer. So, so for me, it's really kind of first impression. Did you hand out the packet, like email the packet out before they started the rotation? About a week before. So I've I've gone an opposite approach. I don't hand the packet out 
prior so that I'm not pissed off that people didn't read the packet. And then I hold their hand through the packet, and then if there's questions after that, because I've now showed them, given them, and explained what's going on in the packet, that's what Drew gets there mad. is zero excuse okay. for asking me a question that is in the I packet. I guess that, that, and that's a legit approach. I, I like that. Um, and then I think that the next big thing is, is like, what do you do on shift? So if we have a stu uh, a tips for students on shifts, what would those be? Tanner, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? For me in general, um, I think it's just all about uh, your interactions with the residents and staff. If you're friendly, fun, easy to get along with, that's going to go a lot further for me than the actual um, medical knowledge that you have. I, I am more concerned about, it. are you somebody that I can hang out with at 3 a.m.? and have a good time even though we're getting destroyed and yeah. uh, as opposed to you can recite to me all the exact criteria for PCARN and PERC and Wells and you know rattle off a bunch of information. Um, I can't even recite that criteria most of the time. What? Yeah. It's part of my gestalt. <laughs> but that's to me that's the biggest thing. I, I had a medical student recently who awesome guy but he was very quiet and I didn't know what he was like and we, he, we finished a shift and all of a sudden he mentioned oh I'm from Minnesota well, how do sudden, we not know about this all of a sudden now like, I'm a huge wild fan I, I love the Vikings I am, like, I, am, I am a huge Minnesota sports fan so yeah. we could have spent the entire shift talking about awesome stuff yeah. and we would have had a great time and I would have definitely clicked a lot better and, you know, fortunately he had some other shifts with me later on so we got to build a good rapport and it was fun but that entire shift I had no idea who this kid was and so for me the, the biggest tip would be is show your personality that's why you're here you're not here to destroy your uh, destroy the medical knowledge uh, thing you're, you're, you're here to show us who you are and interact and, and become friends and awesome. then tie that into the rank meeting is when we go to a rank meeting with people that have rotated or people we've interviewed those conversations are very rarely about board scores or letters of recommendation it's more first impressions yeah it's oh this if you don't directly remember them it's oh that person was fun to work with yeah oh, that just person. to be clear that's that's for us yeah that no, is that's our, that is our that is a yeah, that, that is true that is a, that is that is not a, that is not a yeah. overall thing because there are other programs out there that are very much into board scores that's true and there is not a right or a wrong it's just yeah. that is our philosophy yeah, no, that's and that's true. how we yeah. we approach yeah. and get get yeah. the residents that we like so drew what's a tip for med students do you want one tip, or can I give you like? You can, can give me as many. Can I go on my tirade? And, you can and, do your and tirade do thing. Now. Yeah. Tanner's already rolling his eyes. Talk about hashtag pet peeves from a previous episode. No, I don't um, mind it. I love your so tirades. It starts off at the beginning of the shift. Um, n number one is don't be late for your shift. So the you know, ten minutes early is ten minutes late is really true when we're talking about medical students. And there's a couple reasons why. One, I try to be ready to go at the start of my shift, so not arriving to the ED when my shift starts, but logged into the computer, ready to rock and roll, maybe already put my name on a patient or two, and I'm not gonna sit around and wait for my student to show up, so I'm just gonna see whatever's there to see, because number one, I'm there to move the patients and treat, treat appropriately. And the second thing that goes along with being on time or late is if you're showing up late for a shift as a student, that does not bode well for you as a resident when there's maybe a little less pressure to really perform and impress. So first impressions, be there on time, be there early. I, I really prefer it when the student is there before I am yeah. and kind of waiting on me. Waiting I can log in real quick, yeah. click on a patient, say, hey, go see this, and then get set up and do my thing. Um, so number two is be engaged. And we talked about that a lot on previous episodes, but being engaged is, is the most important thing. So interested in what you're doing, wanting to learn, wanting to participate in the process, asking good questions, and being engaged also is not just there to show me how smart you are, but to show me how much you want to learn and how interested you are in emergency medicine. I don't really care how smart you are. 
I'm not very smart, and yet I have become somewhat capable in emergency medicine because I've had great teachers. So I'm looking for someone else who I can make and teach and want to teach to become somewhat capable in emergency medicine. And then pay attention to what's going on around you. So when the resident says, or the attending says, I'm not ready for another patient, don't keep asking them if you want them to see another patient. If they say, go get a cup of coffee, go to lunch, take a break, go take a break. And if they say, go home, go home. And know that neither one of those comments are almost never a reflection directly on you. It might just be, hey, it's the last hour of my shift. I am literally just making phone calls and typing on the computer. There is no education for you here. Why don't you go home? And sometimes it is a reflection of you, but I'm going to try not to let you know that. And sometimes it's a reflection of me and that, you know what, halfway through the shift, I'm having a cruddy day and I don't need to bring you down with me. Yeah, my capacity to handle you is not there today. Let's, you know, call an audible and say, let's do it again next time. You know, like hopefully we'll we'll come back ready to roll, but today's just not a good teaching learning day and I don't want... I don't want to bring you through this with me. And the reality is, is that most med students are working harder than us in general in terms of time and investment, and especially on auditions. You are going 100% A phase, A, a game, smiley face all the time. It's exhausting. Yeah. And we realize that. We yeah, were all there. All we all there. know what it was like. And so I personally try to get every single medical student out an hour early because yeah. I know they've been here all day, probably been here before that. Yeah. They hopefully were here early. They're going home. They're working on stuff. They have a bunch of stuff that they're worried about. It's like, go home. Relax. Yeah. You're yeah. not going to learn anything else in this last hour. Yeah. You're tired already. There's not much else I'm going to do besides dispo patients. Yeah. Go home. Yeah. To add to that, to me, is uh, mostly just understand that as a medical student... Are you dovetailing? I'm adding to... He added. He said added. I know. I was just curious if it was a dovetail ad or if it was an additional I think, ad. I think, or I, think if it was a, I think it's an additional ad. Is it a miter joint ad? Is it a... <laughs> I can't look at you anymore. I'm going to start laughing. Um, so to add to that... I have my serious face on right now staring at Andy. <laughs> and now add, he's cracking up. To, I have to like look completely away from you. Um, to add to that, it's mostly like understanding that as a medical student, you, you definitely have a role in the department, both in the flow and the education of, of the department. But know that that role might not, might not always be a doer. Um, you know, one of my biggest pet peeves as a resident, even now as an attending, is when a sick patient comes in, uh, the medical student wants to do everything. Um, like I, we had one, we had one a couple weeks ago where a patient needed to be intubated, and the, med- the medical student was like, "Hey, I want to intubate this patient." And I was like, "Well, I looked to the resident. I'm like, do you feel comfortable intubating this patient?" And they said, "No." And I said, "Well, good. Then you need to do it." Because if you're not comfortable, by the time you graduate, you're going to have to be able to do this. And the medical suit was very kind of, they felt, they felt they were kind of deflated by the fact that I just didn't let them hop in and do the intubation. And because they thought because they were the medical student, it's, but remember that there are people at the program where you are rotating that still need to get proficient at doing emergency medicine. And that you are really a passenger on the ride. And if you don't get to drive the car, it's okay. Very true. And that's just, that's part of the natural process. And I remember as a medical student getting very frustrated when people wouldn't let me do things. But now on the other side, knowing that, you know, Somebody has to intubate somebody 50 times to be, or even more, to feel adequately doing it. And they have to do it in so many different scenarios. And so that just because there's something cool to do does not mean that you unfortunately get to do it. And sometimes be okay with the fact that the uncool things, well, kind of crap runs downhill. And you might have to get stuck doing that too. And that's just, again, part of the attrition of being a medical student. So I agree. I Kind of along those lines, though, and in the reverse side of it is, I tell all my medical students, uh, whether I'm giving them a tour during orientation yeah. or I'm on with them, when we have a sick patient coming in, going to trauma one, I tell every single one, it's like, it's great to come in the room. It's, you're most likely going to stand next to one of the residents yeah. and hang out, but always put on gloves. Yeah. When you're going into a sick patient's room or something's going on in a room that you may end up getting involved, yeah. 
the only way that's gonna happen is if you have gloves on. Yeah. Because if somebody goes, hey, can you hold this? Or hey, can you do this real quick? And you're not wearing gloves, they're gonna look at you and go, uh, never mind. They're gonna find and the next person go the next wearing gloves. No, it's true. And so I said, I just always have gloves. It's actually a really, really good tip. Hashtag, always have gloves. Always have gloves on. I love always have gloves on. <laughs> well, it's, it's part of the being prepared and being engaged. That you're paying attention to what's going on around you. You're cognizant. Yeah. Even if you're not, like you were just saying, going to be the one that gets to do it, the fact that you are ready to go should the opportunity arise, and we don't have to spend that two minutes of scrambling to get you ready to go. Because the reality is when I'm ready to go, I'm ready to go. And if the person who I want to do it isn't ready to, to do whatever procedure, intubate, put the central line in, uh, you know, even if it's just bag or start compressions, whatever, I'm not as good as Andy yet. I don't do the, the countdown from 20 backwards uh, uh, thing. That's and, just an attending thing. When I was a resident, I did not I might that. just jump in and, and get rocking and rolling. So yeah. uh, I think being prepared, kind of predicting the things that you can be set up have a for hand in. Yeah. and have a hand in. The other thing that I would say for medical students that I, I like to see is honesty. So be honest when you know something, be honest when you don't know something. The um, words I don't know are actually some of the favorite words that come out of a medical student's mouth. Like it, it's fine to think about it, and I'm gonna ask you questions not to pimp you and to make you feel embarrassed because you don't know something, because I'm trying to find out where your knowledge level is, and then when I find where it lacks and you, you've hit that wall, then that's where I can start teaching. But before that, anything I say is gonna be mostly just fluff. So getting that honesty factor of, I don't know this answer, I can kind of try to feel out, maybe you can figure it out on your own, and then if you don't, great. Now I know where I can start and go. I, th I think that goes along with my number one tip for a medical student, and, and we all think this, this isn't from me specifically, but you gotta be yourself. Yes. 100% be you, own you, because you don't want to be a person that you think the program wants you to be that isn't you. Make the program like you, end up at that program, only to realize that the real you doesn't fit there. Yep. And the program doesn't like the real you. So just be you. And if you're you and you're honest with you and you're a good person, which 90% of medical students are, you're gonna find the right place for you. And it might be at our program, great. If it's somewhere else, awesome. We want you to be where you wanna be. And the only way to do that is to be honest with yourself, be honest with the program, which is being the person that you are. Don't try to make yourself fit somewhere because that's just gonna end up being bad for everybody involved. And that goes along with being honest with yourself. You know, know, admit to what you know, admit to what you don't know, admit to what you've done and what you haven't done. Don't tell me you've done a lumbar puncture only for me to find out in the process of you doing it that you've never actually done a lumbar puncture. That the ninth poke you put in a patient's back. Uh, right. This is like, actually my first one. I'm totally cool letting somebody do something for the first time, but my, my game face is a little different when it's the first time versus somebody who says, yeah, I've done it before, I'm comfortable with the process. Just, just let me know and I'm gonna hold your hand however it needs to be held. Be Will you, you hold my hand? I always hold your hand, buddy. <laughs> Oddly, he's held both of our hands. At the same time? We could do that right now. Probably. <laughs> so and I think, I think to, to, not to add to, but in addition to that. To I echo? Guess, I guess to echo. This is like uh, your fifth edition. Today. This is my fifth edition. Um, but I think it's one of those things that on top of being you, that and be you with everybody. Um, don't just be you with us when you work with residents. Be you with attendings. Be with you in conference. Um, be you to ancillary staff. Just be you. Um, it's one of those things where, like last year, and uh, as Drew will tell you, there was a big joke in me being involved in the selection at our program. But that's a whole other—that's another story for another episode. Um, but one thing that was really apparent to me is, is that as soon as nursing knew that I was on the selection committee, I would get a monthly update from nursing of here are the people that, as nursing, we feel should be in our program. And it wasn't a huge factor, but there were a couple times where it was—I would be like, I got such a good Makes response. A I would send that email to our program coordinator. It would go in their notes on Aris, and it would come up when they when their picture came up. Well, you Nursing enjoyed somebody. the patient.
And you get to hear from nursing that that person does not have good interactions yeah. with nursing. And it would and, plummet And that you. will plummet you. Because yeah. I, I really respect our nurses' opinions on If you on can't be people. friends with our nurses and be cordial and have a good time with them, then you shouldn't be here. Yeah. So it's one of those things where you have to look at your rotation as you are investing in a possible future, and you want that investment to be one that you can get a return on, not just investing into something that you're just going to throw money away at. Yeah. Um, and so make, really understand that your month with, with us or with another program is really truly your best opportunity to get get a spot. Um, and so it's really a month-long interview. Um, you'll get, you'll, you might get called back and, that, and, and know that if you get called back, it's probably just to confirm either what they know about you or to learn something in addition they didn't learn. But know that your month with a program is really kind of the best chance you have of getting into somewhere. So I think that's an awesome rockdown of what to do on a shift. There's a couple other kind of fine-tuning points for medical students specifically going through this process that I think we'd be remiss not to just get out there, which is um, just like uh, in Chicago politics, vote early and often, apply early and often. Um, get your name out there to as many programs as you could potentially be interested in and maybe a few that you're not and get that application in super early um, because the more time it is in front of somebody, the better off we are, or you are, I don't care. Um, it, number two, in this entire conversation, other than saying we don't care about board scores so much, uh, grades never came up, class rank never came up, uh, GPA, whatever you want to call it, didn't come up because, uh, again, for us, that's not important. But I think in a lot of places, that's that's really a devalued aspect. If, if people are going to look at one particular thing from a numeric standpoint, it's going to be board it's scores. Board scores. Step one and step two scores, whether that's US uh, MLE or uh, um, I don't even remember what the osteopathic version is that I took. NBOME. NBOME. Yeah. Holy cow, I'm a bad osteopath. Um, so some programs like it, some don't, but nobody, I, I've never looked at somebody's class rank and, and had that be a deciding factor, and I don't care what you got in biochemistry. I got to see. Um, and then a, a few other things are really important, which I is... I can think of two classes I did better than Drew in. That, Surprisingly, grammar and biochem. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag we all graduated from grammar except for Drew. Uh, yeah. You know, who's the grammar Nazi now? That's right. Um, so the other thing is is letters of recommendation to me. This is a, a big one for me. I want to see a slur, or now it is a slow... Uh, that standardized letter of evaluation and I don't want to see just a bunch of generic letters or recommendations saying this is one of the best medical students I've ever had and they will be a great addition to your program because not everybody can be the best medical student that somebody's ever had and not everyone can be a great addition to a program and I want to have something that's actually it's objective objective yeah it's kind of funny because for me letters of rec I like the personal ones from docs that are obviously not generic ones that they send out to everybody like but you can tell like was written like this is you know they, they, they preface with their first paragraph. I write only one or two letters of recommendation here. And I am here, like, 100% on board with that. And if you can get that and know that you're getting that awesome letter of recommendation that actually yeah. says something about you, that is even better than a slow. The problem is most of the time you don't know because people haven't asked, what are you going to write about me? I, honestly, in my opinion, you can sign the waiver saying that you have agreed not to see, but it's okay to ask to see also. Like, if the, if the physician doesn't want to show you, that's fine. They don't want to show you, but... Anyone who's going to write you a good letter of recommendation is probably willing to show you what they're writing. Yeah. And that way you know what's getting out there. I, I, I don't have any problem asking to see the letter. Yeah. I mean, I'll say personally, there was a letter that somebody wrote about me that said I was 100% interested and committed to doing internal medicine. The funny thing is I was never 100% committed and interested in doing internal medicine. And you're medicine. like, when did we have that conversation? Well, but what if that had gone out to all the EM programs I was yeah. applying to and said I saw it? I was, oh, I thought this was going to be a great letter and it wasn't. And thank goodness I did because I could have tanked my EM application. So, I, I mean, if you know it's going to be good and you're willing to take that chance, absolutely. The slows are slows. You're probably not going to get to see those. But I don't have any issue asking 
the physician, can you give me a, you know, a, a highlight or a rundown or actually just show me the letter? I, I wouldn't lose any sleep about that as, as a applicant. To me, the on the non-shift side, I would add the personal statement. Um, it's one of those things that, again, having been a reviewer last year and even this year reviewing, it's actually one of my most favorite parts of the application yeah. to read because it really is it's a it's a thousand word look into how your brain works. You know, if you jump right into a cool story or a nice narrative that explains why you want to do emergency medicine, um, to me that's really exciting. And maybe that's just the, the the part of my brain that wants to be a design person and wants to be into artsy stuff. But to me, like that's that's cool. Now, if, if you spend your entire time comparing something, Keywords wants school, to be in that situation. Yeah, no, it's, I, I, I do not claim to be either of those things or any of those things. You did a great logo for us, man. Well, I, don't I, sell yourself yeah. short. Um, but uh, but it's one of those things that I really enjoy reading the personal statement. So don't devalue that because I'm not, I know I'm not the only person out there that enjoys a good personal statement. And that and I and I hate a bad one. Like if I read a bad one, it's like really you had one, you got a hunt, you got a thousand words to sell me, and you sold me this. I am also one of those people, and I think it actually is a minority. I think yeah. of, of the people who are doing interviews and looking at this, I think a lot of people do put less emphasis on the personal statement, but there are people out there that will, and that can be the difference between you know, being very intrigued with somebody and, and not. Um, but for me, personally, it's the, I don't, I don't want the same story I see over and over and over. Because I can guarantee you, every single person loves emergency medicine for the same reasons. Because they wrote an ambulance and they broke their yeah, leg. It's, and it's great. It's great. And everyone has done this and that. And tons of people go on medical missions now. So either make the story really awesome or tell me about yourself. This is your one chance in your entire thing that I can learn about your person. I want to know that you really love to go you know, hunting, fishing, camping with your family. Or you really love to go to every single baseball stadium in the entire country or whatever it is so that I can see who you are and what you're about. I think to me, the personal statement rarely breaks you, but can really make you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that is, you need to, you need to hook me in, in that first couple lines. Cause honestly, if, if I'm not hooked after the first three or four lines, hundred percent, I don't read the rest of the, I, I skim over the rest of the personal statement. So give me that hook. Tell me, you know, lead me in with a good story or something that's powerful and moving. And, if we want to do reference hashtag pet peeves episode, don't tell me about emergency medicine. Yeah. Exactly. I'm doing we, it. We I, all practice it. I am fairly confident I have a good grasp of what emergency medicine is, and I don't need a student applying to emergency medicine to define it for me. I have, you can define it for you, but don't tell me about emergency medicine. I have had probably four or five personal statements I've edited so far this season, and almost every single one has been a description of why emergency medicine is teamwork and there's great trauma, but there's also those times where you have to deal with the not, like all this stuff. And I was like, guys, I already know this. I do it day in, day out. Show me something different. Give me something else. And then finally, probably the, the most important thing is that, at least my important pet, uh, pet I've already I've word. already established the most important, which is be you. Okay, we'll say the second most important thing um, is at the end of the rotation, make sure you're, you're, you send some sort of thanks. This is something that I didn't really put a, lot, a ton of value on when I rotated, but something that I did, but didn't really get to see the back end of it until after um, I matched, that it was one of those things that um, program coordinators are kind of the unsung heroes in emergency medicine. We happen to have, in my opinion, one of the best in the, in the country. Other um, people might dispute that. The best. Um, and, and I think the one thing that Drop she talks a lot about is that she enjoys students that are thankful. Um, and it's, just, it's, it's a short email. It's a note in the box. You can go overboard with thank yous. All of us can say that we have read thank you notes that are probably a little overboard. Um, and when you put one in every residence box when you only work with four of us and you put 
you write like these four long page biopics about how thankful you are. It's a little overboard, but just the simple thank you of, I really appreciated you taking me in during the month. I appreciated the way it felt like I was part of your family. Um, those are the little things that go a long way. I mean, it's mostly because if you don't do it, that goes noticed. And it doesn't really matter what you say as long as you say thank you because it closes that loop yeah. and is that one last touch that the program has with you. And it's if it's done in a tasteful, quick yeah. way, it's a positive last experience yeah. that the program has. Yeah. And I think that, that does volumes for... It does. And, and even if you just send it to the program coordinator, Everyone on the selection committee at our place yeah. actually gets a scanned copy of it or a forwarded yeah. email saying, "Hey, this was from so and so," and and it is. It's a positive last experience. So they they took that little effort to just yeah. say, "I appreciate what you did. Yeah. Thank you." Yeah. If you go and you you give a specific one to a specific resident or attending, uh, a quick comment of something specific with that person that you truly enjoyed, and it, I I I like the ones where they say, "I really enjoyed this." exact moment or you really helped me with this or something along those lines that I can then latch on and be like, oh yeah, I remember this person because of this exact situation. Um, if it's just a generic thank you, it's less meaningful to me. So Tanner and Andy, I just want to say thank you for doing this with me and being you. <laughs> okay. True, thank you for trying to make me better every single day. Well, I was just going to say, five years ago when we all met, which actually we were, all, we were going to get to go to that place where we all met in San Francisco. It's kind of, it's kind of it was like, a lot longer a, than five years ago, buddy. It's really... Holy crap, that's true. It's like almost seven. Yeah, we're... Yeah. This is like yeah. our seventh anniversary. It's really weird yeah. that uh, we're coming full, full circle, full circle yeah. at kind of the end of our residency, yeah. beginning of your... Like, it's yeah. this weird... I don't know. It just yeah. But we're going to be there, but I have to say that seven years ago when we met, it was truly one of those, like, chance encounters that has been nothing but fun. On, on that note, for students, you should go to conferences. I don't care what conference. Go to conferences. That's how we met and how I... Honestly, that's the reason I ended up in Columbus, Ohio. We ended up where we are. So go to conferences. It'll blow your mind. Yeah. Thank you, guys. All right. Until another time. Talk to you guys later.